Welcome to a night of total terror. Welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast, episode 18. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast, focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. Sorry we're a little bit delayed on this, but uh, unforeseen circumstances uh, means that we're a little bit late getting this episode out. However, we are looking at the 1990 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Total Recall. So before I introduce my very special co-host tonight, let's check out the trailer. Your mind. It is the center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. How would you know if someone stole your mind? Arrest that woman! They've got your bug. I get a lock. There! And the bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. Got him. I lost him. Welcome to Mars. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. You erased your identity and implanted a new one. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? He's got a hologram! Welcome to Johnny Cab. Drive! Where can I take you tonight? Please fasten your seatbelt. I want Quaid delivered alive for reimplantation. That's for making me come to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. You enjoyed the ride. Okay, and we are back after watching the trailer. <laughs> um, to say that the trailer is classically 90s would be a bit of an understatement. Um, but it is with great pleasure 
and no further trepidation, I can introduce my sort of, I suppose, semi-regular co-host now, Mr. Lincoln Winston. How the devil are you, sir? Good evening, my friend. How the devil are you? I'm all right. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, so, we're here. We're talking Arnold. We're talking we Verhoeven. And we're again. talking Verhoeven again. Again. Yeah. And we yeah. are talking, it's becoming a regular theme here, Ultraviolence and Verhoeven. <laughs> and we are talking 1990s Total Recall. Indeed we are. Indeed we are. Um, should we just tell the listeners first as last about uh, my trepidation? Well, not my trepidation, about my trial. Yes, go on. The story. Basically, I didn't, I don't own or didn't own a copy of the film. I didn't know anybody who did. So I took it upon myself to buy a copy on Blu-ray from a very well large known company who may or may not have a name that reflects a, a jungle surrounding in part of the world. Um, <laughs> they, do they have a warehouse situated in an area that's related to a swan and maybe a sea? Um, yes, they do have a very large warehouse um, situated um, in a place that rhymes with swan and sea. Um, however, um, I bought it for the price of sum of £5.97, um, expecting, expecting a you know pristine version of what is an irritating sci-fi film, but that doesn't bother me. And when it came in the packaging, it said um, um, digital transfer overseen by Paul Verhoeven. So I'm thinking, well, hey, we're in for a treat. Then I actually watched the film, and to, <laughs> to say I should be, I should have bought the DVD for like three quid or two quid. I should, I probably would have been better off because the DVD, the Blu-ray copy that I saw was piss poor, really, really poor. So it's sort of, um, what's the word I could use? Spoilt. Um, my my note taking, which I've taken quite a lot of, uh, uh, pride in doing with the previous ones that we've done, you know. <laughs> Like five, six pages of scribble, scribble, scribble. This is three. Yeah. <laughs> At best, like, but you know, I'm 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 a true professional. <clears throat> and then I'm going to um soldier on, sir. Good, good. The uh, one thing I would also like to add about that particular company is even though that they may be located near this this mythical place of the swan and the sea, and you may have a prime membership. <laughs> motherfuckers still lie to you. They fucking lie to you. Next day delivery, my bastard ass. <laughs> so if you are listening, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I'm sorry, that's me. So got that out of the way. <laughs> I, I I will put my hands up and say, mine. I, I'm not a prime member, but every time I order something, I always get it early from them. <laughs> are uh, they trying to get my prime business? Well, possibly, possibly. Anyway, Total Recall. Yes, released in 1990. Stars yes. Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. The man, the myth, and it's... I've got no sound. Oh, oh, we're back. Hang on. Sorry, I, 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 nothing can through from you then. Nothing can you hear me all. now? Are yeah. we back? Yeah. Okay. You are indeed. Let's, we'll try that again. So, Total Recall <laughs> from 1990. And, of course, it stars Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Rachel Ticket... How do you say her name? Rachel... Tyserton? Ticotin? Ticotin, okay. Ticotin. Sharon Stone. Uh, yes. Michael Ironside. I'm a big fan of Michael Ironside. Yeah. I do like Michael Ironside. Huge fan. 
huge fan. Hugely underrated actor, I think. Yeah. And of course, Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. Oh, there's, also, there's also Dean Norris. Now, Dean Norris, he, t- he played Tony in this, didn't he? He did indeed. Yes. But, but I think he's better known to the, the rest of the world now as um, the. Well, I've almost said what happened to a major character in a major <laughs> television series. I, yeah, yeah, don't do that. I and if you very, do, you can, no. you can send your hate mail to. Uh, Dean Norris, he's uh, he's a great actor. Actually, he's he is a superb actor. More than we actually, yeah, yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, Michael Ironside and Dean Norris are actually an alumni of uh, Starship Troopers. They are directed by the Mr. director of this film, Mr. Paul Verhoeven. Now, yeah, yeah very much so. This film, uh, it's it's incredible. The budget for this at the time was between 60, uh, 50 and sixty five million. Which yeah. in 1990 was the most expensive film ever made. It was, and and doing my my notes in in regards to this, the production leading up to the actual film being made was fraught with problem after problem after problem until Arnie got involved. Yeah, because Arnie said, "Right, I want." $30 million to be in the film, which was unheard of. He wanted something like 11, 11% of, of points, 11 points off the box office gross. Yeah. And he wanted to choose the director, which I don't think that happens now, but it was quite commonplace in the 80s and 90s yeah. and perhaps the early 2000s Yeah, that actors said, I want so-and-so to direct it. There was very, very few actors actually out there at the time who could dictate. And well, no, go on. No, I was going to say, you know, um, the, the, you know, it, 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 it really came into turnaround when Arnie became involved. Completely, you know, he, he, because, because originally, listed. no, because he wasn't listed. But originally, this was going to be directed, and it started like um, back in the seventies. With um, oh, with Dan O'Bannon who yeah. and Ronald Shusett who wrote who wrote Alien, of course, um, yeah. they what they they wanted this, uh, and then they managed to, it went through a couple of different people's hands, but David Cronenberg was originally yeah. attached to direct this, and if he had directed this, we would not have got the fly. No, true, and um, not not only that. It's, it's, it's a similar concept in as much that David Lynch being asked to do Return of the Jedi, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you think about it, you know, an auteur as such, like, you know, being brought in to do a big studio movie and Lynch rejected it ultimately, as we all know, and Richard Marco and went on to make it. But, yeah, Cronenberg sat on this for a very long time as well, didn't he? 1976 it started. The, the production of this started yeah. in 1976. But, I mean, the, the difficulty that they had... Is obviously it comes from Philip K. Dick and his yeah. novel. Um, we can remember it. <laughs> what was that? Um, we, we, we can remember it uh, wholesale. Yes, yes, we can remember it wholesale. That sounded expensive. Yeah. Whatever you knocked over then. Um. Yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> 
so we were saying about obviously the production of this started back in 1976 uh, yeah. when Ronald Shusett and Dan O'Bannon teamed up to do adapt Philip K. Dick's We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. But yes. they were having major, major difficulties um, trying to get their version to the screen. And they brought in David Cronenberg to yeah. uh, to adapt it. And, I mean, in some ways, it would have been really, really interesting to see Cronenberg's version of this because lots of his fingerprints still remain in the, in the final cut, in the final, yeah. in the final film, particularly, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, the, the stomach... Um, Quato. Quato, that's right, Quato. You know, Quato is Cronenberg's is uh, creation. Um, or, or like the idea of him, the vision of him is is creation. Um, yeah, they, they they changed the spelling of it, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was listed as Quato with a K, and then yes. when a uh, uh, Quato with a Q rather, and when um, they got to the forty second script, forty yeah. <laughs> forty two, fucking hell, um, they changed it from a K uh, Q to a K. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, he almost, he, he, that meant he didn't need credit in it ultimately, you know. No. Which is, which is stinking when you think about it, really. But that's Hollywood, I suppose, isn't but it? You know? this, is the, this is the crazy bit. When he finally delivered, like, Cronenberg's delivered his version of the script, and they sort of, you know, he, he sort of presented it to O'Bannon and Shusett, and they were like, no, 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 we don't want this, we don't want this. We want Raiders in, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark goes to Mars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he left um, for you know under creative differences. Yeah, I love that title. Um, yeah, creative just, differences. Yeah, yeah. It's that. Well, that's cr- recently cropped up, isn't it? With the, um, the with the Han, Han Solo, Solo movie, movie. Yeah. You know, and whilst I look, Richie Cunningham can make a film. Right, let's just put it out there. Right, the guy has made some excellent, excellent films. He has. Uh, he's he's made an awful lot of guff as well, mate. Yeah. And some of his some of his more revered films aren't as good as people say they are. Yes, a beautiful mind. I'm looking at you. You're not as good as you think you are. Um, Apollo thirteen is his benchmark. Apollo thirteen is fantastic. Oh, it's a brilliant. Fantastic. It's a brilliant film. It really, really, really is. It harks back to an era, you know, long gone. It's it's big old fashioned filmmaking yeah. on a modern scale. And yeah, it's yeah, truly brilliant. You know, Cocoon is a great film. Splash is a brilliant film. Yes, brilliant film. I mean, the one thing we do have to bear in mind, though, he does manage to coax an incredible performance out of Tom Hanks's mullet. Well, I think Tom Hanks's mullet is, you know. Well, no, it's crap. I'm not being funny. <laughs> the, the, the one that the Da Vinci Code, he looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, what was they thinking? Oh, I know, we'll make him look like a member of the Cure. I mean... <laughs> I hate, really? I hate the Da Vinci Code. I hate oh. the follow-up. It is the biggest pile of shit. Um, but, well... The, the books ain't that good, let's be honest. They really no, aren't that no, good. No, I know. mean... I, I know they tap into, you know, something which is quite controversial if you're of a certain religious belief. But as a piece of pulp, it's not really not that good. No. It really, really no, it, isn't that good. Um, no. I, I will say, though, that um, the albino, um, Paul... 
Paul Bettany. Yes, yes, I like Paul he's Bettany. Really, he's really quite intimidating. But when when you waste to people like Ian McKell and and yeah. Tom Hanks and yeah. Audrey Tato, I'm sorry, then no, you you know you need a good slap. Um, <laughs> no, no, you know, I made so much money. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, he's a safe pair of hands, isn't he? He is. Um, he is. I, I, I personally, and I've said this on Twitter as well. I would have gone to Edgar Wright. I would have broken the bank and said, "Right, you, we know you're a Star Wars fan. However, you're not a Star Wars fan." Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Not, not like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, who are, you know, huge Star Wars fan. Yes. He he could have gone there and injected life, um, not life. Yeah, well, well actually, it. probably a bit of life because from what I'm hearing is, yeah, one of the major issues is the script at the moment in time. Yeah. It's just things are just not working on the script. Yeah, and I think various outlets have reported various issues you know, that Lawrence Castan was there daily, you know. Yeah. And, you know, they wanted as written on screen. And um, when they were going, yeah, we'll do that. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to try and make it our way and try and do it in a comic way. Yeah. Which apparently would just hit the wall, you know, and just wasn't going to get back up. And, you know... <sighs> I would have bust the bank and gone, right, Edgar Wright, use the hand solo movie, can you tidy it up for us? Because he would have brought energy, life, um humor. You know, humor. Humor. Humor humor in the right way. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I and I know he had his fingers burnt with Marvel uh, and the Ant Man debacle. Um, <laughs> Ant Man is not good. I, no, no, I no, I will defend mm. that man because I I think it's uh, it it's 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 good. It is good. It's got some really good moments in it. Um, I do think it was slightly watered down. Yeah. Um, but no, See, I, I, I love like, Scott Pilgrim. I loved Scott Pilgrim. I thought Scott Pilgrim was great. I yeah, really really enjoyed good. Scott Pilgrim, really and good. I kind really of good. wanted that kind of feel for Ant Man. Um, yeah. But there, there are. There are flourishes there in the, in Ant Man itself. When you think, oh, that's clearly from Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish, yeah, you know, yeah, that is yeah, clearly yeah. them. And I think getting Paul Rudd in involved in the script uh, thereafter, when you know Edgar Wright left, and Edgar Wright himself has turned around and said, "Yeah, me and Paul Rudd, we're, we're golden. Yeah, you know, we, we're yeah. Very, we're good friends, you know." And he said Paul Rudd was the perfect person to go in and you know give ideas and whatnot. But um, yeah, going back to Richie Cunningham, I think you know. <laughs> He's a safe bet, isn't he? He is, so, yeah. And I mean, he, I, you, you are going to get a solid, a solid film yeah. that is going to going to speak to everybody. It's going to be, it's going to be a professional job, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I don't know whether you're familiar with them, the, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the other films, you know. Yeah, the twenty one, yeah. the twenty one, the twenty one Jump Street films are absolutely hysterical. They are genuinely yeah. brilliant. The Lego Movie is genuinely brilliant. You know, and I, I kind of look at Lucasfilm and think, well, did you not know what you were getting? Well, and this is the thing. And I mean, going back to Recall now, going back to talk, when they say, about, do you not know what you're getting? Yeah. Arnie was originally turned down for the role, for the lead. He was, origi- he was originally turned down for the role because they thought he would be far too manly. Because they thought, because what they wanted was somebody who um, was more of an everyday man. Now... Part of the reason why how Arnold ended up getting his hands on it was the Dino De Laurentiis was producing the film. Yes, right, and then yeah. his company hit the wall and yeah. completely collapsed. 
and Arnold set up another company um, yes. who bought the rights to it because he really he was desperate to make this film. But listen to this. Now, this is the crazy, crazy, crazy bit of this. Because they wanted somebody who um, would look a little bit more more everyday, right? Um, these listen to this list of actors who was who were considered for the lead role for Quaid, right? You ready Go for ahead. this? I am. Jeff Bridges. Right? Yeah. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Ferris Bueller. Ferris fucking Bueller, yeah. Um, Richard Dreyfus. Yes. Mark Harmon. No, oh, I love Mark Harmon. Fucking love Mark Harmon. Summer School is brilliant. Yeah, but but can you just imagine, you know, Mister no. NCIS? No, no. I, and here's the and and here it is. You you love the Tom Selleck. Really? Yes, Tom, Tom. Selleck. In Magnum P.I. Yep. I mean, look, the man turned down Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, <laughs> for fuck's sake, yeah. man. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, the, so basically, it took Arnold buying the rights. I think he paid three million uh, for the rights uh, for yeah. this. And yeah. basically, like you said, he turned around and he said he wanted Verhoeven because it's only doing a bit of research in this. I, I found that that. Arnold was originally approached to be the lead in Robocop. Yes, he was. He, um, was. And he, was, a, he was a huge fan of Robocop, wasn't he? Yeah, in yes, yeah. And he said, like, this is the guy to make the film, you know. And that wasn't an impression, by the way. That was just me talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. And Arnie went to them and said, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven had a meeting. Yeah. Where they had, where, and he was presented with script number 41. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was the forty. It was the forty-first script. script. That's right, and it was on its fifth writer, <laughs> and Verhoeven had the script, and he read it, and he was like, "It was really good." He said, "It was really good, really good," and he said, "There was just no third act to it. There was no, you know, no. It just, it just sort of didn't finish, and that's when Gary Goldman was brought in." Yep, and he. Uh, without giving any spoilers away here, because if you're listening to this, you've obviously seen the fucking film anyway. Yeah. So. Well, you know, as we always say, if you haven't seen it, pause the show, go watch it, come back. It was don't buy the Blu-ray. Like... Yeah, don't buy don't the, the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, know, it was yeah. released in 1990, so you've had time, people. Yeah, more than enough time. Um, but um, yeah, and Gary Coleman was given the script. He added the twist of Hauser originally being a bad guy. Yeah. And he was in cahoots with um, Richter and uh, yeah. Cohagen and whatnot. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he, he, he was given, the, he, he, he involved the third act or created the third yeah. act to, to, to knit everything together. And um, Gary Goldman wrote the original Big Trouble Little China script. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The, the the one that was rejected, the Wild West one. <laughs> you see, now, I would, again, I know, I know we're not going to digress too much, but I still want to see that version of that film. Oh, no, I don't. I want Jack Burton in his in his mulleted glory every well, day of the week. The new, uh, the, they've just released um, the new comic book run 
of Big Trouble in Little China, and it's basically Old Man Burton. Oh, I wonder where they got the idea for that from. <laughs> but it is a very, very tongue-in-cheek. It, it looks awesome. It looks absolutely there's a, awesome. There's a board game come out as well, based on Big Trouble in Little China. That may be added to the Christmas list. It'll beat have the you, shit out of Cluedo, won't it? <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you not seen this? I have not seen that. No, no, I have not I will, seen that. I will, I will find the link and I will send it to you because it is. If you're a board game player, I'm not. I, I'm not. But there are people out there who are dedicated to playing oh, yeah. different I mean, board games, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, CL Raven, um, who who've been on the show a couple of times, yeah. they are major, major uh, board gamers. I mean, they are proper hardcore D and D. Um, yeah. you know, they're really into it. So I'm sure they will know they'll know something about this. Yeah, and um well it looks <laughs> it just looks weird if I'm honest <laughs> because um I get the, I get the idea that you know people out there want to play a Jack Burton board game, you know. Yeah, of course. Not, not, but <laughs> when you actually see it, the advert for it, it's like, really? I mean, really? You couldn't yeah. make a video game yeah. out of it? You know? yeah. But there we are, you know. Each their own, each their own. I mean, the, I mean, when you look at the film and you look at the changes that it went through, and the other major change to the script was, again, and it's something that Arnold has done in a number of his films, is he had his amount of dialogue cut right down. Yeah, that's right. Which, again, yeah. is, a bril- is a brilliant, brilliant move. And, you know, it shows um, that he's aware of his limitations as an actor, particularly yeah. at that point. Yeah, and funny enough, one of my notes actually says, as I was watching it, in the first half hour, say half hour, 40 minutes, when there's more and more revelations being, yeah. Yeah. you know, at least to him, actually, you can see, Arnie's actually really good. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he is, he's, you know. He's, he's, he's really good, you know, and I, I know he's dismissed, you know, or having a strange accent and, you know, being the most perfect specimen and everything. But, you know, given the right thing, Arnie can act. I mean, Jen. I re- and I've said this before, I like Maggie. Yes, you did. Yeah, I, you did. And you I have. think his his performance in Maggie is absolutely spectacular. It's, you know, I mean, people talk about it as it's Arnold's zombie film, but it's yeah. not actually. It's about somebody, you know, the film is a bit cleverer than that. And it's yeah. about somebody coming to terms with, a family member having a, a terminal illness, yeah, and yeah. and he is absolutely superb, and he completely blows Jolly Richardson off the screen in terms of his acting performance, because yeah. you get to see the Austrian oak crumble. Yeah, yeah, and he's you know and... he's not Arnold, you know you know he's not you know chopping people's heads off, and that he is superb in it. And yeah, yeah go and watch it, guys. Go and watch that one. All right. But yeah, and it shows it shows how intelligent the guy Arnie is, isn't it? When oh yeah, you completely. Think, you know, you know, like harking back, you know, he had the power to get things made, didn't he? Oh, completely, and, completely. You know, you know, he fucking out twins, <laughs> twins. <laughs> I mean, the, awful, the the scariest point of that is this dread, this sequel that's been lurking around. Yeah, the idea of triplets. Before, really. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wasn't Eddie, Eddie Murphy mentioned in yeah, that? Yeah, Beverly Hills oh, Cock. God. Uh, oh my God! But no, but yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, 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 oh! It's terrible. Kill it! Kill oh. it with fire! Kill yeah, it! Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, Arnie, 
Um, who else have we got on our list? I mean, Michael Ironside. Scanners. Yeah. Starship Troopers. Yeah. You know, he is for, for, V. V, v the yeah. TV, v, the TV series. Oh, my God. V, man. We were, I was like seven or eight years old when that came out. It's terrifying. And it's that's you know, that, that scene with that, it takes his face off. Holy shit. It's, I remember watching it, staying up late. I always remember it was on a Friday night. Staying up yeah. late on Friday night to watch it for the first time. I fucking shit in my yeah. pants. Because it was like, aliens are not supposed to be scary. No. My God, they were in that. Genuinely, genuinely. And t- time's probably not been very kind to it. But No, it hasn't. It hasn't. I, and But I will say, bloody hell, time and a place. That's amazing. I mean... Absolutely amazing. The other person uh, who obviously made a, a massive impact, and, w- and when you look at her performance in it, it's a really good performance, is Sharon Stone. Um, she's certainly dedicated to her job. Yes. You know, she Very went off, dedicated. trained, uh, she learned Taekwondo for the role. She did weapons training, spent a yeah. lot of time in the gym. Um, yeah. and it's because of her performance in this, she ended up landing the role in Basic Instinct. Indeed. Indeed. Directed Which... by... Mr. Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a script by Joe Esteras, wasn't it? Yes, you know? yes. And at the time that the script sold for a then record $4 million, it's... if I, if I if I remember correctly. It was a... I mean, the script had been... Lots of people wanted it. It was a really, really hot property at the time. Yeah. Really, really hot. And Verhoeven, coming off the back of this... I mean, Total Recall made... Two hundred and sixty-one million dollars. It did. It was extremely successful for for what is essentially an adult sci-fi movie. Yeah, and I mean, this, and the other thing in marks as well, and you know, when we look at it, some people think that some of the special effects and everything else are a little bit odd of it, but it marks the end of the the heavy reliance on practical effects. And the the gradual introduction of real computer generated imagery, and yeah, yeah, it does, and yeah, um, well, it, it's robotting again, isn't it? You know, um, yeah, well, the, you know, the, and I mean, robotting is a legend, isn't he? You know, you look at his absolutely. work on the thing, you look at his work absolutely. on the fo- you know, he's just he's just a genius, completely bonkers, mind you, but he's oh, a he's, he's a genius. Yeah, I mean, I love the fact but... he got pneumonia. <laughs> Um, when he was working on the thing. Now we'll talk about the thing another time. We won't get onto that we one because that's another will. show. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, and you are right. You know, the practical effects. I mean, the um, well, one of the most famous scenes is what I will what I will categorize the fat lady sequence. Yeah. Which is absolutely brilliant. Completely. If you were gonna if you were gonna sell a film to somebody, you would you would you would have that scene ready to go, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's, and I mean, it's. Tremendous. The it's, other scene uh, is the body scanner bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, we look at that now and we just think it's it's absolutely. But that was a massive. That, that was a massive effect to put in. To put in. Of course, in. It was. Of course and, it was. And I love the sound when he jumps through the glass. The yes. sound it makes is amazing. Well, the sound in this film. Well, it was nominated for an. Uh, I mean, this is the thing. This film won an Academy Award for special effects. Well, there you are. Says it all, then, doesn't it? Sixty third annual Academy Awards. Um, it won um, for, for for special effects. It was also nominated for its sound. 
well, there are. <laughs> As I've just alluded to, you know, there's sound effects and, you know, if you are creating um, a fantastical world else, you know, on Mars, it's going to have to sound amazing and look amazing, you know. And I mean, uh, the other bit as well is the gunfire. Ah, yes. Paul Verhoeven and his gunfire. Paul it's Verhoeven. deafening. Love. Yeah, yeah. Um, harking back to Ed 209 and poor old Kinney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call an ambulance. Oh. Yeah, yes. I mean, Paul and ambulance. What the fuck at him? He's clearly barbecue meat. Though, yeah. Like, I mean. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, Paul Rowan loves the sound of gunfire. He also loves the use of squibs. Yes. Now, for, for those who don't know what a squib is, a squib is a small plastic bag that's filled with uh, filled, filled yeah. with fake blood. It is attached to the actors' bodies, and at, at certain times they are detonated. Now, I'm of the impression, who probably is as well, that Paul Verhoeven likes to cover his actors in probably the biggest squibs you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And on every part of every orifice on your body. Yeah. And he, he likes seeing people blow up, practically, uh, by squibs. Well, point, point in being is the scene when Arnie's going up the escalator and the bad guys are at the top. Yes. Now, Arnie gets gets um, hides behind the guy who unwittingly becomes a human shield. That poor man <laughs> must have had at least 50 squibs on him. Must well, have. This is the thing, right? This is the bit. When Total Recall was originally, before it was originally released, it was given an X rating. Yes, it was. Because of yeah. the level of violence. And the reason why he was given an X rating is partly because of that scene. And that scene is the most heavily edited down version that you see. I mean, they did things like um, they had to change, you know, they took out a number of shots, they put in different angles for it, and they just, you know, it was just, it was so violent and so over that they gave it an X rating. But, right, how violent is that scene anyway? As well, exactly. Can you imagine the uncut? Bloody hell. It must be like... <laughs> I can't imagine it. And do you know what? I just realised on that Blu-ray I bought, there's a slew of deleted scenes on there. Yeah. You may, I you may, I wonder, you may need to look at that because... I wonder. I, I wonder. I genuinely do wonder because, my God, that is... that. Because, I, I, again, knowing you going back to something cold, it was like when we did Robocop. Yeah. I saw yeah. I saw the unedit I saw the director's cut. Yeah, you've yeah. got it. Yeah, it? yeah. And I said at the time that I've seen this is a different version. This has got to be a different version. It was never as violent as that when I remembered it. Now watching that scene in Total Recall, and I thought, Jesus Christ, that's that is fucking intense. Well, you just you just winced on you, you just think, oh Yeah. And it's even when Arnie's shooting the bad guys who all have mallets, by the way. Yes. They all have mallets. Even in 1990, the mallets still existed. <laughs> <laughs> and all the, all the henchmen, when they get shot, it is huge, bloody squibs going everywhere. And I mean, when you and, look look at like um, the fight scenes as well, with the, you know, with, you know, when it's just when Arnold, when his his so called friends reappear. Yeah. Yeah. Um is you know, his mate from the building site. Who's a Harry. great character Harry, yeah, that's it. When Harry and, and they show up and they take him the 
and he just he, he, Arnold just takes them apart, and he doesn't yeah. just take them apart. He dismembers them with his bare yeah, hands. And, yeah, and he breaks one of them by the neck by pulling, you know, stretching the neck, doesn't he? Yeah. He just it and it and the the crunch. Yeah, yeah, the good old classic crunch. <laughs> it's just yeah. And and I tell you another one that I had completely forgotten about is when Arnie's gonna have his memory wiped by Cohagen. Yes. And and Melina, and he manages to free himself. Yes. Not not only does the rod in the throat from the manacle that he's got in his arm, <laughs> but the, the pole that somebody approaches him to attack him, and he manages to beat them off, and then he sticks the pole through the guy's face. Yeah. I'd completely, <laughs> completely forgotten about it, right? And it was like, oh, my fucking God. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, the fight choreographer like, for on this a... is a guy called Vic Armstrong. Oh, the legend that is Vic Armstrong. And, I mean, he did a... Obviously, he was the fight choreographer on Robocop as well. And it's kind of like he thought, well, we did this on Robocop, so I've got to now take it to the next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vic Armstrong, by the way, people, is... Indiana Jones who gets dragged under the Nazi truck. Yes, yes. And he did. He did all three, all, all three Raiders films. All three, because there hasn't been any other films bearing the name Indiana Jones after the Last Crusade. No. no, 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 no. Well, speaking of which, Paul Paul Verhoeven has had two films remade rather poorly. I'm rather yes, he has. Say. Yes, yeah. We shall. They they shall not be named. <laughs> they shall not be named, despite having. The name of two of his biggest hits, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly the same names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, oh. in terms of this film, and like you look at and you look at the pace of this film, it does not let up. No, I mean no, you're and... pretty much up and running in about fifteen the fifteen minute mark. I mean, even the beginning, the dream sequence right at the yeah. beginning, yeah, where he that's... slips and falls and the eye ah. Oh. Yeah, oh, they, they're brilliant. They're, those effects, they, 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 they're disgusting, but they're brilliant. But yeah, that's that pretty much sets the tone, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, for the rest of the film. And it's like, a lot like Robocop in that respect, then, because Robocop doesn't sort of hang around, does it? No. You know, no. It's, it, it, you've got your initial 10, 15 minutes where characters are set up. This is so and so. This, this is your bad guy. This is, you know, you could be a good guy, but he's, he's pretty, pretty much a bad guy as well. And you got it, you get that. Um, yeah. in Total Recall in that respect but thereafter it, you're right it doesn't really slow down and we've we've mentioned this I think it was with Predators it is yeah. a similar sort yeah. of thing wasn't it you know but yeah and it, it's it's one thing after another after another after another and, and you know Jerry Goldsmith's score is a big part of that well, as well I was going to mention Jerry Goldsmith's score because I've actually I, I actually have I've got the got the score I quite oh, really? often, yeah, yeah. I I like the, I really like the score. Um, I got I love, a bit of a thing. Op- I got a thing for the scores. The, the opening um, title sequence is all it is is just names falling down. But that, yeah. that score is amazing. It's, but it's generally brilliant. Like, do you have you noticed any similarities between the score on this film and another Arnold film, The Score? Predator. Conan. When you listen, Jerry Goldsmith wrote this score, um, and he was inspired by the score by Basil Polidoris's score for Conan. Oh, right, and yeah. when you listen, and I'll put what I'll do is I'll pop this into this little bit now, and you can we'll have a little listen to the score. 
and you can we'll have a little listen to the score. Uh, you'll be able to hear it, guys, when you when the when the episodes uh, edited together. But when you listen to the opening uh, of the Conan, and when you listen to the opening of this, Jerry Goldsmith. Now he did Alien. Yeah. He d- he did a film, and this this blew me away because we were only talking about it a couple of days back. He d- he did Outland. Oh, do you know what? I it was by chance I put Outland on a couple a, a couple of days a couple was it last week I put it on. Yeah, yeah, I think it was last week. I just I, I had some time. I put it on, and Outland is absolutely superb. Sean Connery is immense in it. Again, another film that has some outstanding sort of heads exploding due to space and space well, and spacesuit failure. Well, as I said to you, I I think I only seen a part of it many moons ago so i'll um i'll have to keep an eye out for that and it's just, brilliant uh, outland is brilliant i'll have to have a look definitely definitely yeah he also did um uh podgeist yeah explorers who tried that our film who yeah tried explorers um he did a lot of star star trek um the, the, the motion picture oh, you know, the, the first one's rough <laughs> Oh man, how boring is that film? When just nothing happens. No, no, nothing, and it's really quite tedious, really quite tedious. But then they redeem themselves then by the Wrath of Khan, which is amazing. Um, Wrath of Khan is the only Star Trek film that I own. I own all three of the reboots, hmm. the JJ, the JJ Abrams. I'm a I make no apologies. I'm a massive fan of them. They are popcorn. They are pure popcorn. I really um, enjoyed the first one. And I, Into the Darkness. I haven't seen the the, the last one, though, the one that Simon Pegg like, uh, falls it, into. It's, it's, it's really, really good. I was a little bit, oh, I don't know, I don't know. This looks a little bit too day glowy. But no, it's really, really good. It mm. genuinely, it's, it's quite surprising. It really is. It really, really is. Mm. Um, he also did um, Basic Instinct. Yes, um, and that's a cracking score. Brilliant. That was a huge part of the film, isn't it? The score yeah. basic instinct, you know. Um, he also did my second or my third favourite film of all time as well, LA Confidential. I like, I, I mean, LA Confidential is a great film and I think it's probably Russell Crowe's best performance. It is Russell Crowe's best performance, hands down. I'm sorry, you can cram um, a beautiful mind up your bottom because it's it's phenomenal. It is Russell Crowe's best film. Kevin Spacey is well. Kevin Spacey is a legend. He's a brilliant, brilliant actor. Um, and no, Ellie, Ellie Confidential. If I were to do a podcast about crime films, Ellie Confidential would probably be the first one that I did. It is a great, great, great film. Uh, and what did it lose out to in the Oscars? Oh come on, it's going to be something daft now. And what is it? I'm the king of the world. Ah. Oh. Right, I'm going to say this right now, okay? James Cameron, thank you very much. You gave us The Terminator. You gave us Aliens. However, fuck you for Avatar. Now, Dances with Smurfs. <laughs> I hate, honestly, I went to the cinema with a group, of, with, with friends of mine, um, and they were just enthralled by it, and I sat there thinking, this is the biggest pile of shit I have seen in a long, long time. <laughs> is nobody, is um, nobody, has everybody been lobotomized here? 
I I will say I did enjoy it when I watched it because um I only because right I thought I I thought it was hugely um, overrated hugely hugely overrated um I did enjoy seeing three D utilized properly if I if I can make that I mean I suppose that is that is the one benefit to, from from it is that is the is the three D is the, yeah, it was I, used it was used really really well. I, I always say that the, the the best films I've ever seen in 3D are Avatar, simply because of the aspect ratio it gave that depth and clarity that no other films have probably done until that until that time. Um, that and How to Train Your Dragon were the best uses of 3D that I'd seen. Yeah, um, and I I know that 3D is waning in now a little bit. Um, if, yeah, I, I, like the Marvel films, I still utilise it well. I've never seen a Star Wars film in 3D. I'm sure used to watch a Star Wars film in 3D, if I'm honest. Um, but I, I, they, they are the two benchmarks, I think, personally, I think. And Avatar, yeah, it's 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 okay. The action sequences are brilliantly done, I will say that. Yeah. But, but you know, the, the guy, he's making fucking four sequels back to back. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's crap. It's crap. Really? Really? Yeah. But and, and, and you're telling me Titanic's better than any confidential? You could go fuck a duck, honestly. No, that bullshit. is not good. It is it is bullshit. It is total bullshit. Bullshit. Okay, so I think we've um we've uh, <laughs> we've bashed the king of the world long enough. Back yes. to total recall. I think one of the other standout performances in the film, of course, we've got Ronnie Cox. Yes. And once again, he's on fine form. Um, playing the villain, uh, and he's got some of the best lines in the film. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned this in the Robocop um, podcast. How similar the two characters ultimately are. Yeah, yeah. In as much that they could both, they're both complete shits, aren't they? You know, they're um, they just, totally. just after. Yeah, it's all about um, me, 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 me. Yeah. Me, 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 and also me. So, um, yeah, he's a bit of a shitbag, isn't he? he is and a I mean, the one line I love is where they're talking about turning the air back on, where they're all in their quad, and they, they, they turn around and they say, well, what about, you know, what about the people? And he just goes, fuck them, and walks <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, he's, he's inviting people then to his dinner parties. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just like... Come, a total throwaway line, isn't it? You know, like you know, total scant regard for the well-being of, you know, those less fortunate. Like, you know, yeah. He, it's, but he does it so well, though, doesn't he? He, he, do, he does, does it so well. He does. He does, and <laughs> he's a, he's a proper proper knobhead in it. You know, he just he's a he's a real boo hiss villain, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. I think in terms of like the sort of you know the proper sort of almost. I wouldn't want to say pantomime villain because that's doing his his performance a disservice. But there's, yeah. I think Ronnie Cox, um, the late great Alan Rickman, um, they just have this ability to make these larger than life villains. You just there's still something about them that you're kind of warm to. Yeah, you're still rooted in from them a little bit, isn't it? You know, you want to see them succeed in their plan. Yeah, and I th- that's that's charisma more than anything i think that is yeah it? and i mean a lot of the villains actually in this have got a lot of charisma i mean yeah. the i mean the one guy the the one actor, actor um uh michael champion who plays michael ironside's um 
sidekick. He's yeah, really yeah. he's he's got some really really good lines. Yeah, he's 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 of the the school of good sidekicks, isn't he? Yeah. And, and he's also of the sto- the stormtrooper school of shooting because all of Michael inside his <laughs> is miss their targets. Yeah. Um, kill complete innocent people, um, and they suffer horrendously for it as yeah. well as we. <laughs> As we have discussed already, you know, they really, really do. They really suffer quite horrible deaths. Ro- Ronnie Cox gets two brilliant death sequences in Robocop and in this. Yes. Like, <laughs> Robocop, he's, you know, he, he, he's shot out of the window, isn't he? Yeah. And, and you see him plummet. And in this one, well, we, 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 we never see it, but we just left to assume that he explodes. Yeah. <laughs> His, his eyeballs are like those cartoons, isn't it? You know, where they, they come out on stalks. It's like the Wiley Coyote moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it's pretty horrific. Even no. though you don't actually see the final moment, you know exactly what's happening no, no, to no. him. Now, the other one we're going to sort of we need to mention. Obviously, there's a whole host of mutants uh, in this, and of course, it wouldn't be fair to not mention Free Boobied Lady. I wish I had three hands. <laughs> it's it's such, I, and I mean I'm not going to say I don't want to sound prude, but it's really crass. But at the same time, it's really funny. Well, it, it just fits in, doesn't it? It's <laughs> one of a better description. It just it suits, doesn't it? You know, yeah. The, these people born of Mars suffer the consequences of being born on a planet that has no. Op- True oxygen, or otherwise, you know, and <laughs> yeah. as a result, you know, they, they develop these various abilities, you know. <laughs> now, those that they have little long tentacly things, yeah. Now, you dipped out completely there and you came back in on the line, tentacle things. <laughs> I was talking about um, Benny and his, um, yes. Is is you know is is uh is surprised then of oh you know I'm I'm part of you lot you know I am one of the gang you know and um it's talking about Betty one of the best one liners which I only picked up this week is <laughs> uh, Benny gets paid for doing something yeah and I, Arnie checks him some money and he goes hey man I got five kids to feed and he goes take them to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Because Benny's teeth are pretty horrific. They are they rancid. They are yeah. absolutely rancid. You know, it's like an accident in a in a graveyard, isn't it? You know, and with with his gold fillings there, like you know, I thought that was. I bet. I bet you, Arnie made that line up on the spot. He had to, didn't he? There is no way to. There's no two ways. About it. it is a proper. Sort no. of, yeah. It's a. It's a real yeah, throwaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've never noticed it before. I never ever noticed it before. Until that week, and I think it caught me so off guard. It was a case of, you know, you just like, oh my god, like, you know, this brilliant, brilliant now, line, fair play. The other, the other sort of, uh, I, I, the, the little person with the massive machine gun, Thumbelina, Thumbelina. Now that yes. is again in terms of images. <laughs> a gun-toting little person. Is well, the that, crazy that, image. Yeah, 
that sort of ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. I imagine. Well, <laughs> it's know. a very niche corner of the market. I'll take your word for it. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, she's a mean shot. She's a mean shot. Yeah, well, she's clearly not trained she... by Cohagen. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's true. Or they never went to the Stormtrooper school of shooting, is no. there, you know, like, here's the target. Aim 20 foot the other way. <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> no, she's... Um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you want your side characters to be memorable as well as well as your main characters. And, um, you know, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see what the description was in the original, well, which script they popped up in. It was anybody's guess, isn't it? You know, yeah, like well, out I'm, of the I'm 42 sure, scripts. I'm sure that somewhere along the line, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cronenberg must have thought, do you know what this needs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. it, it, going, going back to... We, I beg to say it earlier. Um, when you say about Cronenberg and you know the Quato character, yeah, that sort of fits in with his body horror type. Oh, that, that he's quite fascinating. Completely, completely. You know, and at least we forget Quato's pretty disturbing when you actually see him in his name. And, and the line, the you part know, that he's the mind meld going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Quay, quay. It's, it's, it's it's proper proper disturbing, isn't it? You know, and. Um, and well, Quay I... again, <laughs> he actually sees the dead body of him. Yeah. And he's like, this? This this is Quato, really? <laughs> you know. Well, I watched this, and my wife hadn't seen it before. Um, yeah. And we got, to the, we got to the bit where Quato shows up, and she just went, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was that, um, what was that dance song? Um, oh, it, it was it Moby? Oh, you, you saw Rua. No, oh, no I saw... thought it was Moby. I was convinced you it was Moby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, but... Open your mind. 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 <laughs> That's right, yeah. And that was a pretty good song, actually. <laughs> I thought it was... Mo- I thought it was Moby, but what I was thinking of was um, Go... Because that samples Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The and and was it um, Ad, Angelo Badalamenti? What's his name? Angelo Badalamenti. Yes. The, 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 yeah. the, it's like the orchestration part. Speaking of Twin Peaks, have you, we been watching season three? I mean, we've gone back and we've started watching season one from the beginning. Um, right. And right. I've forgotten really. Everybody goes, oh, Twin Peaks, it's a bit weird. You forget how genuinely mm. batshit insane as a, of a TV programme it is. This season now is 10, 20, 30, 40 times more squirrel shit nuts. <laughs> I, I, who I am not lying to when... They had, a, they, had a, they had a mid-season break last week, so there was nothing. There wasn't an episode on last week. Yeah. No, I think I think that was purposely done because the episode eight the week before. Um, I don't think my jaw came off the floor for. <laughs> for the, no, no, no. This is this is gospel for the best part of forty minutes. I did not have a clue what was going on. <laughs> there was there was an appearance by Nine Inch Nails playing live. Right. There the was. Pause. There was a sequence of a nuclear explosion happening, which is possibly one of the most stunning pieces of imagery I've seen in film or television. Yeah. It was absolutely... You know, you're looking at man's 
ultimate horror. Yeah. But the sequence is, it's staggering. There is no other way to describe it. And then you had um, um, a man float, bugs appear, people's mouths, and well, the term Gorilight will resonate long for many people after watching that episode. It is simply, I still haven't got a fucking clue what's going on, but you know, it's, it's when, when you see an imagery like that, it was like Stanley Kubrick had had a seizure. It's the right. only way I can describe yeah. it. I mean, it, when, it, you know, it's like the line from The Simpsons there where Homer's watching Twin Peaks and he goes, I've got no idea what's going on, but I love it. And it's, yeah, and, <laughs> and there's the that, guy dancing with the horse. Yeah, yeah. And that that just sums it up so brilliantly. And it, it almost had no, the episode ha- almost had no mention whatsoever of what has sort of been happening previously. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it's, it's, it own. It's like, you know, like some TV shows, they have a one-off special. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Every now and again, you get certain episodes. They may, like, the, what's the classic? Uh, I, I never watched Buffy, but Buffy had the, the, yeah. the musical episode, yeah. Um, uh, once once this, more with feeling. Once more with feeling. Yeah, yeah. Now, that episode, it probably means something in the grand scheme of things. But for, Gia, for just sheer, having the testicles to think, right, I'm going to make this. And I'm going to include it in this cult TV show that hasn't been on television for 20-odd years and people are, are not going to know what's happening. And, well, I, I I simply cannot say how brilliant the episode is. Not, not, like I say, not a clue what happened. Not a clue. <laughs> but just to be bombarded with imagery that just... Melt your, melt your head at the same time. Oh, and you have like one of the finest American industrial hard rock bands playing as well, just for the sake of it. Like, it's wow. just bananas, man. Bananas. Now, obviously, going back to our mutant discussion, we, yes. we, it wouldn't be fair to bring up, as you saw, deftly put it, vagina face. <laughs> Tony. Tony. Now, would you care to reiterate what you said just before uh... we started recording? <laughs> Now, I do apologise in this for this flip, flippant comment that I did make, <laughs> but my exact words to who were, I wouldn't know whether to kiss, uh, to to shake his hand or lick his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, now we'll never ever be able to watch this film and not ruined it. And start ruined it. No, ruined it. That makeup is absolutely <coughs> brilliant because when you look at it. And you talk about, you know, you, you, people sort of think, oh, mutants now. You you know, some people say the X-Men and all. But when you look at the mutation that's actually happening, happened to these people, it looks painful. It looks like, yeah. you know, it's and you, it looks really, really painful. Yeah. I, I I always thought they were burn victims initially, perhaps, as a result of. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, the close proximity to the Senex actor, you know, and perhaps that's true you know but um yeah and it just looks so just it's 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 like you say the the, the word mutants has, has, has been sullied somewhat with since the advent of the x-men films and things yeah like that. yeah um so you know this was like a, a proper random stab but it wasn't it yeah um, when this was made like yeah you know, 
27 years ago, whatever it was. So, you know, from that respect, they, they're almost starting from scratch, isn't it, you know? But, um, yeah, you, you're right, it, it's proper. That probably filters from Cronenberg again, mind. Yeah, and uh, it, does have that, better, it, yeah. it does have that feel of the fly. It does have yeah, that feel yeah. of the fly. But also, Tony's yeah. character is on the end of a fantastic zinger, again from Arnie. Where he's, you know, Tony walks up to him, he's all tough, and he says, You've got a lot of nerve to show your face around here. And then he replies, Look who's talking. talking. (laughs) I bet anywhere else in the world and any other person, they would have walked off and they would have just turned around and What a cunt. (laughs) What a total bastard for saying that. What a bastard. do you know one thing we haven't mentioned is uh johnny cabs oh yeah yeah no <laughs> you know would you ever get in a taxi driven by a robot whose sheer cheery demeanor would already piss you off before you got anywhere well i gotta be honest with you you don't know whether or not you would get to your destination because one i don't know, wouldn't trust them to drive me there or two they may kill you because they kind of look a little bit psychotic yeah, and they explode really, really easily as well, don't i got to be honest, I don't know what the safety rating on there, but I don't think it's as good as a good old Volvo. No. <laughs> it just, a lot, you know, it, it blew up really quickly and really rather aggressively as well, didn't it? Well, and, yeah, and, and, quite, and it t- turned quite sinister. When it started burning yeah, and things, it yeah. got quite sinister. Now, you, now this yeah. is the thing, no lots of those scenes in the subway, because the film was shot in Mexico. And um, lots of the vehicles and what have you that are used in this are actually were actually part of the Mexican public transportation system at the time. (laughs) They just dolled them up a little bit and then they used them. Yeah. Well, I went to Mexico last year and I can assure you I didn't see any Johnny cabs about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a lot of questionable health and safety, but. Um, no, 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 Johnny Cabs, no Johnny Cabs at all. No, to be but honest with you. It, it, you know, the, I mean, this film, this is the other thing as well. The film was filmed in Mexico, and pretty much everybody on set got ill, with the exception of um, Arnold, uh, because he had all his fo- own food uh, brought in, yeah, because he'd learned after nearly yeah. dying in Predator of um, yeah. of, of diarrhea yeah. it's best to have yeah. that in and um the one uh, towards the end of the film um i'm gonna I'm looking at my notes for this now paul verhoven was so ill he was so sick um they had an ambulance standing by and basically in between shots and setups paramedics would come onto set and put a drip into verhoven's arm just to keep him going because they the food poisoning in this was so bad. And yet I didn't get food poisoning when I went to Mexico. How the times have changed? No, Transport I... has improved. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the food has improved. I'm not saying I didn't see one or two dodgy things out there, but, you know, I, I certainly didn't see I remember, like, side note, when I, w- I went to Mexico and we'd been out to, to Corba, uh, one of the pyramids, and we went to this, um, and I say, they said cafe, I say shack, mm-hmm. um, that had a bit of a jetty that went out by one of the lakes, and there was two kids, they must have been about, or oh, no older than eight or nine, and they had a plastic bag with something in it, and they were up to the sort of waist deep in the water, 
and they were throwing this plastic bag out and then laughing really loudly and sort of winding the bag in really quickly. And what they were actually were doing, they were throwing the bag out and hitting the alligators on top of the head and then having the gator chase the bag. And you just think, hang on a second now, could you, nowhere else in the world would you see children teasing alligators. Excuse me, uh, where are the parents? Where are the parents? Hello, parents? <laughs> no. Parents? No. Parents, can I have a word, please? You know, alligators, children, children You could alligators. see every single Brit on that on that on that ex- excursion getting really twitchy. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I ran a turkey a couple of years back and the, the total scant regards for health and safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my god. We got in this little um like taxi thing, this little minivan thing. Yeah. And it had it had seats in it, they had seat belts. But at the end of two of the rows, they put like a little um plastic stool tied down there with like bungee ropes just holding <laughs> it there so they could get more people in there and it's, it's like really 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 i just like see more people more people and it's like no it's, we'll wait for the next one it's all right thanks you know like oh my god but you know, I the, don't know. I don't. but you know the majority of the filming for this was done in mexico and lots of the sort of the exterior shots and things were um we're part of the Mexican desert. Uh, but they also, like we said, we talked about it, the miniature work in this film is absolutely yeah. superb. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's a difficult thing to get right. It's yeah. a difficult and, thing to get right. Yeah, and, you know, in the, the internet age, miniatures are used less and less, and less isn't it? Because they think that, you know, CGI looks good, and it does, if done right. If done right. Um, yeah, and I'm, it's, it's, it's always quite pleasing because... Um, as film fans, we we probably notice it more. Yeah, the CG, the the, the CJ and practical effect. Uh, sorry, the practical effects and miniature effects compared to the CJ effects. Yeah, it may sully the viewing because you're going, oh, that's a really good miniature that is, but uh, you know, but and the, you know, and and it does it does spoil it every now and again. Yeah, and you think well, actually, that's just a practical effect. Um, yeah. but no, I'm a big fan of um, practical effects being used more so than CJ because the the over-reliance on CGI, despite its, advantage, its clear advantages, um, is ultimately, you know, everything looks a little bit too polished. Everything does have too much sheen. and Yeah. You, know, you yeah. want you want things to look tactile and ruined and, you know, yeah. used. And, um, um, yeah, and because there's a great sequence when the, the train um, yeah, on Mars, yeah, yeah, yeah. when it's yeah. going along, that looks brilliant. That nearly didn't and, make it into the film. That, really? Yeah, that that shot didn't nearly didn't make it into the film, and it was um, it was down to Arnold again, and I think one of the one of the assistant uh, effects uh, people just just fighting to get that shot into the film. It's it's it's, it's really quite sad, and I think from a, from an outside perspective, I think it gives the film a shot of much needed color because. What I noted with this Robocop and Starship Troopers, they're extremely grey films. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's almost like it's got to be industrial looking. And, um, you know, it, it can't have too much colour in it almost. No, and, no. 
you know, I, I, I know Starship Troopers when they're on Klendathu that it's, you know, it's outside and there's a lot of exterior. Yeah. It's still, it's still extremely grey. The uniforms are all grey. The buildings are always grey. And... Yeah, there is that sort of sort of stripped-down military feel to it all. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, there is. There is. And perhaps that's done purposely, you know, it could be. But, you know, it, 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 even when they're on Mars... It's still very much everything is well, yeah, well, um, worn and used. Now, what's interesting? Lots of the extras. Uh, I know we talked about the sort of um, the extras and the sort of the the, um, the the inability to fire in a straight line. Um, lots of the like the security forces on Mars were U.S. Navy and uh, Army um, officers and uh, soldiers. Who just happened to be based in Mexico, and they hired them as extras. So they, they, you know, they, you know, that's they. Again, it sort of it gives it gives that little bit of authenticity, that that, that feel to that sort of regimented police state that's there. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's supposed, yeah, it does, doesn't it? But it's 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 it's. I was thinking about it then because you know when you get a kernel of an idea and you think, well, it's similar. There's always been similar themes in everything that Verhoeven does. It's got to be bloody. It's, Got our sex. It's got our violence. Um, it will have loud soundtracks to it. Um, yeah, you know. Um, but it's like, save for something like <laughs> it come, it's coming up again. Yeah, Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, if you're making a film. In Vegas, it's never ever going to be grey. Whatever you do, it's no, going to be no. grey. No, it's just it's the performances be... are grey and dull in the. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> why do showgirls come up so frequently? Why do we always talk about because we've talked because whenever you mention Paul Verhoeven, and this is the awful, and this is the thing with Verhoeven, he is a phenomenal director. He yeah. and I mean the the guy's got a set of balls on him because he will make very very challenging films. And Robocop yeah. Yeah. is not, you know, Soldier of Orange is not an easy watch. Robocop is not an easy watch. Um, mm. At times, the violence—you know—the violence in this in Total Recall is fairly unflinching. Yeah, and yeah. you know, you know, even you know, when you think about it, there are not many other heroes who will, you know, on camera shoot a woman in the head and follow it up with a zinger line of "Consider it a divorce." <laughs> We laugh, we condone it. We, 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 we laugh, we laugh <laughs> but again, I mean, it, I know it's sort of this this massively over the top, violent sort of comic yeah. book feel to it. But yeah. Verhoeven's films will really challenge you, and I think you know, even you know, and Basic Instinct is challenging. But and but and I think what he went for with Showgirls, he went all out, and yeah. I think it, you know, and I I really do think it was a case with that film, it was shit or bust, and unfortunately, well. It was shit. It was, yeah, and perhaps the idea and the execution are, mass, are two different things entirely. Um, yeah. But I don't think the idea was ever going to be good to begin with. <laughs> no. Do you think he just sort of liked the idea of just having lots of naked women around him for a period, for several months? Well, yeah, I suppose. But then he was probably paid handsomely for it as well. And... Let's be honest. There's only so many ways you can polish a turd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it took it took forty two scripts, forty two scripts to get this to the place it finally was. Yeah. I mean, and I guarantee you, Showgirls was one script. 
<laughs> yeah, it's probably a packet of fags. Um, <laughs> written Be on the back. <laughs> you know, they were they were probably all hanging around, and you know, Verhoeven was going, "Show who to bow to this moment in time." Oh, Kyle, Kyle. Yeah. You know, Kyle McLaughlin was probably walking off the set of Twin Peaks. Really didn't have a clue where he was anyway. And they went, "Come and do this, Kyle. Come and do this." And then, in uh, Gina Gershon in it as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Elizabeth Shue of no, 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 not Elizabeth Shue because I always get her. I always say Elizabeth Shue. It's not Elizabeth Shue. What's her name? Um, she's Elizabeth something, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and it, it's, I'm sure it's um, not bound the, the Wachowskis' first film. Yeah, no, you're right. Gina uh, Gershon is in it. Yeah, you are right. Gina Gershon is in it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was because there's isn't it? I'm sure there's a couple of other fairly um, <laughs> respected actors in it as well who probably would like to scrub it from. I, I mean, respected is 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 a loose term. I think when you sort of uh, <laughs> just, I mean, you've got like um, obviously you've got uh, Robert Davies in it. And I mean, Robert Davies is a really good actor. Robert Davies is yeah. a good actor. Yeah. Um, you've got Gina. You've got Kyle MacLachlan, um, and then you've got Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth, yeah. that's her name. The tall, annoying one from Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. <laughs> That's an awful thing, isn't it? Uh, Your career is now known by Showgirls and Saved by the Bell. It could be worse. It could be defined off the Screecher sex tape, but we won't go into that. So, <laughs> do you know? I, and again, I think we're probably going to need to get back on track because in a minute, do you know he actually showed up at the University of Glamorgan and did a students' evening? What? Yeah, years and years ago, Screech came. He did like a sign in at the University of Glamorgan. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's grim. Anyway, back to Total Recall. Now, this is a big film. It is a huge, huge film. It was the biggest budget of of its time. Mm. Um, and, you know, to sort of kind of start pulling this all together and sort of wrapping this up. In terms of, like, Arnold's film, you know, Arnie's, you know, filmography... Do you think this this comes in his top ten? Um, well, as I said, I was quite surprised at how act, how actually good he is in it. Yeah. Um, as an acting performance, yeah. In the second half, it just falls into the one man army um, period, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, I'm indestructible. Nobody's going to kill me, and all of my sort of build up and my genuine acting sort of falls by the wayside and I don't think that's necessarily his fault is it you know I think no, it's just no. the way the story is going um, is it one of his best I don't know because he has got a couple of bona fide genuine classics in front of me it's like when you're talking Predator and you're talking say T- uh, Terminator 2 Terminator 1 yeah um, I know you're a massive fan of Conan Oh um, God! I mean, Conan is just is there, there's something about Conan. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. The Destroyer is not great, the Destroyer, but the first Conan is brilliant. Yeah, but is is it one of his? Is, well, it's certainly like I say, it certainly surprised me at an acting level because of the just the, the sheer shock and confusion of everything is going around, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, I'm going to second who. <laughs> Give me two seconds. All right, no worries. So we would, so just wrapping this up, we're sort of talking about in the, the sort of the wider scheme of Arnold's career, 
the films yeah. that he is, you know, that he's that he's done. You know, this is this is I think this is one of his bigger films. I think he gives his one of his best performances in it. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And his name is non the the credits other than you know being the main star of the film, but you know, he certainly pulled a lot of the strings in order for it to get made. Yeah. And I, I, that's quite surprising that his name isn't there. Like, perhaps there's there's probably reasoning behind it, you know, that we're not going to get into. But um, it's one. There's two things that I did want to say about Total Recall. Is terraforming happens pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't. Anyway, um, and half you just just knock up a big dome. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. And half a million year old technology is eerily similar to old mobile phones. When you switch <laughs> them on, they still work. Yes, yes. There's We've no all. There's all no sort of twitching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Switch, <laughs> switch it on. Three quarters of a battery still there. Half a million year old technology. Switch it on. It terraforms. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mental. 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 So oh, we didn't get around to talking about crusades. Now, well, you, you Crusades. Now, I mean, this is a film that went that, that was knocked around for a long, long time. I don't know. Verhoeven was attached with Schwarzenegger for a long time. Ridley mm. Scott had his hand in it for a while, um, and I mean, it would have been a spectacular film. Yeah, it um, it would well at the time. It, it, I think when they were looking at it, it was in ninety one or ninety two. The budget for it then was something ridiculous, like a hundred million dollars. It it, um, it was yeah it was a huge huge you know yeah and it just it just lingered in development hell didn't it yeah and you know it, it was ultimately made um or partially some of it was made in uh, Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven wasn't it yeah and um you know when you think about the contrast between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Orlando Bloom it's quite startling really yeah. isn't it you know no I've got a soft spot for Kingdom of Heaven um. I do like that it's got, um, I think it's got some fantastic it's sort not, of... I don't think I've ever watched it, if I'm honest. It's, 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 it's stunning to look at. It is absolutely stunning to look at. And I mean, yeah. Lando Bloom is the weakest thing in it. Yeah. He is the weakest thing in it. But I would have loved to have seen that Verhoeven-Schwarzenegger uh, team up again. I just, it would have been enormous, wouldn't it? It, it probably would have been the gladiator of that time if they'd made it this, yeah completely yeah you know because that scope is there isn't it in Gladiator you know despite Russell Crowe wearing gel in his hair um, and leave, <laughs> and and the Roman soldier wearing Levi's yeah <laughs> yeah and the gas canister in the chariot but if it's yeah. Over, yeah, yeah 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 it's about as accurate as a Pompeii <laughs> <laughs> yeah not Pompey, the version with Kit Harrington, which looks diabolical. Oh, but, um... I've seen it. It's terrible. Oh, God. Oh, it never ends. It never he, ends. He, I, I, I must dot my cap because you were prepared to suffer the shit that a lot of people will not even hey. switch switch a channel over to watch. Hey, but you, you got... my friend, you, you, you're, you're in dev. You know, you, your dedication to the cause of watching crap movies is to be commended. I will say that. I mean, so coming back to our sort of, you know, our final thoughts on Total Recall. I mean, what, where would you come in yeah. on a score for this one? Where would, you, where do you, where does this land in your, land in your, in your, in your ballpark? 
Um, I think it's it's a solid seven and a half out of ten. It's certainly nowhere near the levels of RoboCop. No, certainly no, nowhere near the level. Um, it is very good for what it is. It's extremely good for what it is. But when you look at, like I said before, I'm a huge fan of Starship Troopers. I just think it's 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 not for RoboCop is Verhoeven's best film unquestionably. Um, I haven't seen the new. Uh, was it L that's come out recently? Yes. Yeah, we, we we briefly mentioned it previously. I haven't seen that. That's supposed to be tremendous. The Black yeah. Book is a brilliant film. No, fairness. it's a great, great, great film. Um, but Robocop is his benchmark, and I think it always will be his benchmark. Yeah. Um, but Total Recall is is you know as we said earlier, you know for an an adult sci-fi action film, it delivers. Yeah. Yeah, you no, know, and it, it really does. Um, yeah, it's, I think yeah, seven and a half is, um, I think, is about right out of ten. I mean, I come in probably. I, it for me, it just, just scrapes an eight, just. Yeah. And I think some of it is possibly down to I enjoy. You know, I've always enjoyed watching it, and I always take something away from it. But I, it, it it's yeah, it's just it, it's just an eight. Is it in Arnie's top ten? I don't think so. Probably lurks around about number eleven, number twelve, maybe. Um, but um, possibly, I don't know. It's it's not. It's, it's far from a bad film. Far oh no, it's a great film. It's a great film. film. It's a great film. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you sort of try and define it down to a list of something, it's never ever going to get. Top five of all time, is no, 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 similar. no. But um, no, it's, it's 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 popcorn, and you know that's a, that's a great thing as far as I'm concerned. As long as the film is enjoyable and you know it entertains and it does exactly what it says in the tin, then you can't knock it. No. You know, you, you can't. Popcorn. But it's not, it's not RoboCop. No, it's not. It's not, not RoboCop. It's not RoboCop, and it's not Starship Troopers, as far as I'm concerned. So, no, and I think, and and I think that is the thing, isn't it? I think RoboCop is Verhoeven's zenith. Yeah. And you know, Starship Troopers is not far off. Starship Troopers is, I think, people people like Starship Troopers because it, you know exactly that it's it's satirical, it's yeah. violent, it has gorgeous people being killed in the most gruesome ways <laughs> possibly, <laughs> and and because it's Verhoeven, it's got it's an ass in it, and you know. Um, you know, I toss my cap to him for that, <laughs> and <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. you keep your doffed into yourself, sir. <laughs> hey, any film that's got Doogie Howser MD dressed up as a Nazi soldier is okay by me. That only is... because it's something you'd never thought you'd ever see in your lifetime. No, to quote Blazing Saddles, kinky. <laughs> Oh dear, dear! No, it's no, it's uh, it's Verhoeven's sixth best, seventh best film. I think I'd agree with you with that. I would agree yeah. totally with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, sir, it has been emotional as always. It's been me, Andrin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, you, sir, thank you ever so much for being on. I know we've got a couple of things in the pipeline. I know we've got to do. Uh, yes. We've got to. We're going to definitely do the thing. We're yes, definitely going to do the got, thing. We've got. We've got Donnie Darko. Plan, Donnie Darko. Um, yeah, Donnie Darko. 
I think will probably be our next one, won't it? I think it'll have to be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the ideas we've got for the thing, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, this week. If we can pull it off, it'll be amazing. I will, will talk be. to I, I'll, I'll message you a little bit in the week because I've got yeah. something. I've already put a few feelers out there and yes. uh, it's looking good, but we'll come back and talk a little bit more off air on that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. But as always, sir, it has been an absolute pleasure. You're a gentleman and a scholar and I salute you, sir. I salute you back and I go, screw you. <laughs> Take care, my brother. I'll speak to you soon. Take care, man. Ta-ra, so, as we wrapped up our feature review of Total Recall, we come to our next segment, What the Wookiee Watched. And kicking us off for this is The Eliminators from 1986. So let's enjoy the trailer. In a hidden fortress concealed by impenetrable jungle dwells Dr. Abbott Reeves, a brilliant but devious scientist with the power to create... Help the androids in the cage, Takata. Any malfunctions? I had some trouble with this. Feels like a delay in the neurosynapse trigger. And the will to destroy. Move its memory, then dismantle it. It's half human. He must be eliminated. Colonel Nora Hunter has the brains to mastermind the operation. We need a full-time mechanic, my friend. Fontana the River Rat. What are you doing? I saw this in a movie once. When he finds himself in a tight spot, someone else has to pick up the pieces. <laughs> Kuji, the ninja, he has the martial skills to destroy his enemies. The Mandroid. More machine than man. His special powers will determine whether or not they survive. We got robots, we got cavemen, we got kung fu. What is this anyway? Some kind of damn comic book? It is the most perilous journey any one of them has undertaken. And once they reach their destination, they face the most awesome power on Earth. You don't understand. Soon I shall rule the world. their combined skills to defeat him. Each one is the ultimate specialist in his field. Together, they are the Eliminators. <laughs> right. I don't think you could get any better than a good Good old-fashioned 1980s straight-to-video trailer. I, you know, the fact we've even got the hiss on that uh, <laughs> on that trailer is fantastic. So, uh, the Eliminators from 1986. It stars Andrew Pine, uh, Denise Crosby. Now, many people will know Denise Crosby as Tasha Yar from Star Trek: The Next Generation. It stars Patrick Reynolds, uh, Conan Lee, and um, I have to say it quite possibly has one of the best trailer uh, not trailers um posters ever made it's absolutely fantastic um i love it um and i'm desperately trying to find it uh, but i can't seem to get it anywhere um 
So like it says, you know, you've got a story, you've got a mandroid, you've got an evil scientist, um, you've got um, some sort of boat piratey type Han Solo type character, you've got a ninja, you've got a little floating robot, and they're all, you know, the whole thing is geared around tackling an evil villain who wants to conquer the world by going back to ancient Roman times and becoming a Roman senator. Yes, the film is as bonkers as it sounds, but it is so cheesy. It is so badly acted. Um, it's got awful, awful special effects. But you cannot help feel entertained or some kind of warmth towards this film because it's there is something so innocent about it. There's no edge to it. Um, if you switch off your brain, you can sit back and you can appreciate um this film for what it is and truth be told i'm gonna give this i'd love to be able to give it a higher score but i can't because it's just it's actually a shocking film but i love it um i give uh the eliminators from 1986 a six out of ten it's quite difficult to track down you can buy it as a u.s import from amazon um and it's got four of the movies on there um, I think it works at about £9, so it's not too bad, but um, if you can watch it somewhere else, I would. But uh, yeah, a 6.5, and um, check it out if you can. Okay, up next we have got Arena from 1989. Let's check out the trailer. On the edge of our galaxy... There is a battleground where alien warriors compete for the ultimate prize. I am champion! Will a human do battle in the arena? Now where is the challenger? Where humans have lost. You ever thought about the arena, Steve? It ain't gonna work. This guy's a human. What it takes to win. You're talking about arena fighting. It's not for me. You're going to work for me. Nobody tells me what to do. Someone tried to poison him. Sorry, kid, but I'm afraid your fighting days are over. He's not going to get away with this. The fight is between me and Rogor. You can win this fight. He won't beat Now we kill him. Arena. So, Arena from 1989. It's uh, directed by Peter Monaghan. It was written by Danny Bilson. And it stars Peter Satterfield, Hamilton Camp, Claudia Christian, Mark Alameo, Armin Shimmerman. Now, um, uh, Armin Shimmerman, uh, people will remember from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and DS9. And Mark Alameo, also from uh, DS9. 
And I mean, the basic premise behind Arena is a human dreams of competing in an intergalactic fight league. Um, however, a human hasn't competed against the aliens uh, who are in this league uh, for over 50 years. But he's undeterred and decides that he's going to throw his hat into the ring. Um, but soon finds he's not f- just competing with the aliens, but he's fighting the corrupt system itself. Um is this a great film? Well, no, it's badly written, it's badly acted, and at times it's shoddily directed. Um, but it's entertaining. Um, it's silly, it's irreverent. Um, it does feel a little bit like an episode of Babylon 5, and I hate Babylon 5. But despite that, um, I did enjoy this film. Um, it's a blast from the past. I think I remember it, really enjoying it when I was, uh, when I was a kid. But it, uh, it, it just hasn't aged well. Um, so I would give this one a four out of ten. Now, our final review on what the Wookiee watched is Endgame from 1983. Let's check out the trailer. So, Endgame from 1983. It is directed by Joe D'Amato. It's written by Joe D'Amato, but under the name of Stephen Benson. Uh, it stars Al Cleaver, Laura Jemser, uh, George Easterman, Hal Yamamuchi, and Dino Conti. Um, base, the basic gist behind this is a telepathic mutant hires a reality TV warrior to help her and her fellow mutants escape the clutches of a tyrannical government. And it's set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um, (laughs) Endgame is a great slice of um, Italian apocalypse sci-fi. It's very much in the vein of the Bronx Warriors or the New Barbarians. Now, it did get um, a European and a US release via via Troma Pictures. Of course, Troma uh, are the people behind the Toxic Avenger and those type of films. So it gives you kind of some idea where the budget is on this. Um, of course, it stars Al Cleaver. Pe- lots of people will remember him from uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters. <laughs> and to say that as a lead, he is wooden... Um, is a bit of an understatement. He's got two faces, stoic and pooping. 
Um, because he, honestly, there are times where he's trying to look mean and he's scowling, and it does look like he's having one major poo. Uh, <laughs> he's, you know, in an, I said when we covered uh, zombie flesh eaters, he's essentially gives gives the worst sort of narrative dumps throughout the entire um, in film, and here he's just god awful. <laughs> um, but. Um, this is a pretty good film. Um, the pace never ever drops. Um, the you know the most interesting part of the film is the sort of the reality TV series part of it, um, where you've got it's very much in the vein of the Running Man, um, but these people have done it. You know, they you've got the hunters uh, and the hunted, but they all do it voluntarily and they compete in some kind of sort of uh, league with each other, um. And it's you know it's it's an interesting film. Um, the budget is you know does restrict it. There are some really really good set pieces. Um, my favourite set piece is the there's a battle scene uh, in it that sort of lasts for a fair amount of time. Uh, not a single person reloads a gun, and our hero and his band of warriors who are protecting these mutants face off a bit against a group of blind monks. Um, who can see via a mutant who they've got chained up, who's uh, astrally projecting the images into their heads. But you get an amazing line in this uh, from one of uh, one of the mercenaries protecting uh, protecting Al Cleaver and his band. And uh, these blind monks, uh, let me reiterate again, they are blind. And he utters the line with no sense of irony whatsoever. They're not very good shots. Um, it kind of sums up where we are with it. Um, it is a great slice of spaghetti apocalypse. I really, really enjoyed it. You can watch it if you've got an Amazon Prime uh, subscription for free. Um, otherwise, I think you might be able to find it on YouTube. Um, I would give this film... I'd like to give it a bit higher, but... I'm not a big fan of Al Cleaver and his pooing face, so I'm going to have to give it a 5 out of 10. So, we come to the end of uh, a fairly lengthy episode, this one. Once again, uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Leighton Winston for being on. You may notice, actually, towards the end of the episode, um, you can hear his wife in the background, and what she's actually saying is, the chili's burnt. Uh, <laughs> and then you hear a smoke. You may hear a little bit of a smoke alarm in there. Um, I've tried to edit it out as best as I can, but um, unfortunately, I couldn't quite get it all. So, but don't panic. The chili turned out fine. Um, they had it with a few nachos and I think a bit of sour cream, but they didn't have any guacamole. So, um, I think I think you managed to save it. We'll pick it up next time when he's on because we are going to be covering on the next episode with Mister Winston. We're going to be looking at Donnie Darko. So I know there's quite a few fans out there for that film. Um, I've only ever seen it the once, so I'm going to have to do a fair bit of homework on that one. So um, uh, hopefully you guys will tune in and listen to that one. As always, I've got a few shout-outs. Um, I want to say a big shout-out to my gothy gal pal, CL Raven. Um, I want to say a big shout-out to Cadavercast, Jeff and Al. Love the show, guys. I absolutely love Al's Monster Stampede. Um, I, I think it, it's a great show, guys. It's a, They're a father and son team. Get yourselves over to their podcast. It's it's a fantastic show. Um, also, um, 
I want to say a big shout out to my man C.T. Phipps. Uh, guys, again, get yourselves uh, reading his books. They are fantastic. His uh, supervillain uh, series of books is brilliant. Um, also, of course, it wouldn't be a show where I don't mention the horror movie podcast and uh, Jay of the Dead and Dr. Shock and Josta Gary. Get yourselves, guys, over there and listen to them. Of course, my man uh, CJ over at VHS Revival. Um, he just did, released a brilliant article about uh, Neon Maniacs, which is... I, I, I'm a big fan of that film. Um, and we covered it, actually, at some point on the show. Um, so, as always, I'm always humbled uh, by the fact that you listen to it, to the show, um, that you write on the Facebook page, that you tweet, that you retweet... Um, I hope you continue to listen. Um, really, really enjoy the interaction on Twitter. Remember, you can find me at the Undead Wookie. I'm at the Undead Wookie on Twitter. You can find me at the Undead Wookie on Facebook, and also on Instagram at the Undead Wookie 1980. So, what's all that's left for me to say is, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, "Good night out there, whatever you are." Oh, yeah.